Okay, <clears throat> let's learn. I want to thank again Leah Mordechai and Miriam for inviting us into the house. I really look forward to this every time. To, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I personally, I look forward to this very much. We're on, we're on page Yud Gimel. Whoever the Mechaber, whoever the author is, he was just saying, we don't know who he is. He was just explaining. We were talking about, of course, since the beginning, they knew the Tachlis. And that only we're, only when a person is living in this state of Kirvas Hashem, Kirvas Elokim Litaiv, in a state of closeness to Hashem, only in that state of Dvekas can it be truthfully said that this person Mechlal is alive. To be really living means to be Dvekim Hashem. We didn't learn yet how does one achieve this Dvekas. We don't even know exactly what the Dvekas means. We're going to be Mitzham talking a lot about it. He's progressing in a very careful way and he wants us to digest each step along the way. We are holding what we're doing. So we're on the top of Yud Gimel. So we have to look at these things that we've spoken about and we have to think about them. But the whole point here is that it's not a matter of something which is intellectual. That's why, as you've all seen, as much as possible, he's not quoting Gemaras and different sources and different svarim to keep it as simple and as clear as possible. The nafna maisa means that we should be able to direct all of these things that we're learning deep, deep into our hearts. What we're talking about here, he says, what we're learning about, what we're talking about, is the is the essence of what a human being is, and the whole tachlis of a human being's life, of a Jew's life. Tachlis adam he, and we've learned that the tachlis of life is vatamat kulchem hayayim is attachment to Hashem. And only that is truthfully considered life. And that is the essence of man. As we learned from the Ramchal, who quoted David HaMelech, that the only Tov in the world really is Kirvas is closeness to God. Anything else, in other words, any other definition that a person has, that a Jew has of what's good, any other definition is not true. You could enjoy friendship. You could enjoy uh, you could enjoy a stroll. You can enjoy the family. You can enjoy a good a good meal. All those things are 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 wonderful. But the essence of life, the the taif of of what defines taif, is kevus alukim. And we're going to learn that when family and all of those other things in life become part of one's effort to grow closer to God, then all those things also are very good. Are very good. But if anything in a person's life is not part of his effort or her effort to achieve closeness to Hashem, then it's ludicrous to say that it's good. It's not good. It doesn't mean anything. Zula with Besides this, meaning... Anything that people have defined or considered to be good, Eino ela hevel vishav nisset. Narishkeit, hevel. Vishav means it's a lie, it's a distortion. Nafnim is We have to drive this deep into our hearts. Sha'in be'emis dava archer b'chaim. And this is a hard thing for people to hear, even though it should be obvious to any Orthodox Jew. That there is nothing else in life. The closeness to Hashem, attachment to Hashem, 
And therefore Hashem gave us all the mitzvahs as a means of achieving this ultimate goal, which is Kirvas Alakim. All the mitzvahs, and he's going to talk, that's what we're going to be learning tonight. The mitzvahs are all a means to achieving the ultimate end of Kirvas Alakim. We have to find a way to draw this into the heart. And we're going to. But nevertheless, he says, Before we're going to be able to bring this deep into our hearts, we must first understand, even at that level of intellect, to understand intellectually in our minds with absolute clarity. That there's no confusion if anybody asks you, what's the tachas of your life? And if your children want to know why are we here? That there's no confusion at all. But it's mamish is that the mahus of life is kirvas Hashem closeness and attachment to God. and anything else su lo. There is nothing, nothing else. That's what I was talking about before. This is not to exclude eating and drinking and being with one's family and getting married and having children with God's help and all these nice things. That of course, all of that means all of your physical, all of the things that are taking place in your physical life and in your spiritual life are all a means, a vehicle of a of, of causing a person, of helping a person to fulfill his tachlis, which is attachment to God. Now eating and drinking and family, all of those are kalim, are means of becoming attached to God. But the surest, most powerful kli that Hashem has given us to become attached to Him is the Torah. Is the Torah and mitzvahs. That's direct dosages. When it comes to eating and drinking, very few people are able to have the right intentions. Sadiqim, when they eat and they drink, Sadiqim, everything that the tzaddik does, everything that tzaddik does is, is, a direct, is to directly connect him to the master of the universe. For most of us, that's very, very hard. We get sidetracked, we get lost. Tyra and mitzvahs is the most direct means of becoming attached to Hashem. But really, everything in life is a means of attachment. And he explains, Tesvav. What comes out from all of this That a person has to have a sheif, a clear objective, a clear yearning, objective To be attached every moment of his life And to truthfully want that And we're going to talk about how do we want it We first need to know what it means and what it entails In order to be able to want it because for an average person like us, anybody like over here, myself, all of us here, when, you, when we think about, as I mentioned last time, being attached to Hashem, it doesn't sound like fun. It doesn't sound like fun. And, and we were raised with this notion that we're supposed to have fun. And we're supposed to enjoy ourselves. And we always picture a person who's attached to Hashem, like, you know, like the Chavetz Chaim, we say, wow, that's amazing, that's really great, but it's not for me, that's... That's, it's, it's great, but it's not fun being the Chavetz Chaim. And we like to have fun. And we haven't outgrown that, even though we could talk about it and give nice things and tell the kids. But Lamaisi, we want to have fun. And being the Chavetz Chaim, as Choshev as it is, doesn't sound like fun. And if somebody would say, well, what about you? Would you like to switch places with the Chavetz Chaim? 
you know, at a younger age. I don't mean, you know, at 91 or something. But at a younger age, to switch, to switch with the Chavaz Chaim, would you like that? Well, you know, he was a great person, everything like that. Can we wait till like, Olam Haba, I'd like to switch with the Chavaz Chaim in the next world. But in this world, I'm pretty happy, you know, I'm pretty happy driving and going to the mall and my kids and having a good time. The Chavaz Chaim looked like he was, wasn't doing that stuff. So... It's very hard to imagine that that there's nothing more pleasurable on earth, this world or the next world, there's nothing more pleasurable than being attached to Hashem. And it's not taking away from us those things. Obviously the things that are forbidden, it does take away from us, but that, that's obvious. But those things that are permitted and that God wants us to enjoy are not being taken from us. They're just being lifted up to a higher way of achieving that goal of attachment to Hashem. But this has to become clear to begin with. This is, has to be a she'ifa. That's what he explains. Right? It has to be clear to the person that this is my responsibility in life, whether I'm a man or a woman. All of the krechzing about how come he does that and I don't do that, how come he sits in the yeshiva and I do all that krechzing uh, comes from not, not being, not understanding what's the tachlis in life. That's where all the crafts comes from. When a person understands that the tachlis of life, and everybody is tafkid, Jewish men and Jewish women, is attachment to Hashem's bar. And the Baruch Shalom gave each one a way to achieve that tachlis. If that's the tachlis, not being as good as the next guy, or being better than the next guy, and so on. If the tachlis is dveikus b'ashem, that means the person who you are, in the way that Hashem is Baruch who knows everything, told you how you need to be attached to Hashem, not what you think is the way to get attached to Him. Not what you think. So then the person doesn't crash. The person understands that this is my tachlis. I was reading today something very, very moving in this cipher that maybe I'll talk about, not this month of Shabbos, maybe, maybe the following Shia. I said that I would talk a little bit about the painful subject of infertility, and, and a few of the women remembered that I, was, that I said I would do that. So, so I got two calls already. Am I going to talk about that? And I, and, and I will, as I shall begin this month of Shabbos, to talk about the, that, that union of infertility. It's in the parashiyas now with our mothers, with the imams. I was reading something in a, in a, in a sefer that was written by a, by a, a, a young woman who's been married for quite a few years, and, and, and they're without children, they don't have a child. And I was, I was sitting in, my, in the office in Shul, and I was, it was a good thing nobody came, my was sobbing like a baby from this. Not from sadness, I was so inspired by this woman. And she, this is what she's writing about. You know, she says, people look at me, my friends with their strollers and their babies and stuff, and all their cute little outfits, when they look at me, they, they, I, I know that, and I see them, that they're looking at me with such... They have such pity for me. They feel so bad for me. And she says, I have no Rachmanis for myself at all. This is what the Baruch Shalom wants of me. This is what he assigned me to do, to accomplish with my husband. And we've grown infinitely closer than ever before. And this is what he's given me. This is my tachlis in life. I'm trying and we're davening. We're doing whatever. We've gone to doctors. We're doing whatever we could. We've gone to tzaddikim. But if this is my tachlis, there's no Rachmanis on me at all. I am the happiest and proudest person in the world if I could fulfill what God wants of me. This is a, a young woman in one of the yeshuvim in Yesha. Both this. It's a, a person who lives with this tachlis. That you don't have to make God fit into your tachlis, you have to fit into God's tachlis. Not that you make God fit into yours. All the issues with the women correcting about going to the up and Ali and stuff, it's how do I make... Not that any of you, I'm sure, want such a thing. Most men dread, dread it, you know, because they have to memorize the bracha. But the, the, the whole idea that I have to make 
that fit, I have to make God fit into my idea of what the Tachlis is. When you, when you learn this properly, you realize it's so silly, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. That you're going to make God fit into your Tachlis, as opposed to us striving to fit into the Vajshalom's Tachlis. That's our goal. He says, Mashifa Bula he says, uh Avamukha Shithilya with like four five lines off the bottom. Avamukha Khilashiyaladam Akara Bruish is that Tafkilabha, this is your job in life. Mashifa Brula has sagas at the varam and you have to want to do you want to you have to want to achieve this. Kikhosha Shifa Sadam Luchyas both in Zeshal Dvekas Basham Isbarak Shamo, the Khor Ragavaraga Tiagadolyosa to the to the extent that one's Shifa, one's striving to achieve this goal of attachment to God each moment of his life to the extent that that is as great as that is to the extent that it becomes clear to you and you begin to have a shifa, you begin to have a yearning, you begin to strive to achieve this goal, so he says you will see that all of those things that are obstructing, that are in your way, will disappear. All of those things that you always said, the reason I can't dive in so well is because of this, and the reason I don't learn so is because of this, and the reason that I'm not careful this survey is because of that, and I blame this one, I have this problem, I have this, I'm, I'm not smart, I'm not holy, I'm not... All of these different things, he says when you strengthen your awareness intellectually, and you begin to strive for this goal of living every moment with God, then you'll see that those, those minios, those, that you, those things that you always said all your life, that they're keeping you from being a better Jew, they're going to fall away. Next page. And if, if a person's shi'ifas, if a person's Striving, if a person striving for these things to the extent that it's God forbid weak, Cain kol mafriya kal vikaton yimneeyu measogis advekis amitis bekoine. When any little thing that comes along your way will manage to prevent you from being a better a better Jew and a better person. Everybody knows that. If a person really, really doesn't want to. If, really, if a person really doesn't want to do something, then any excuse that you can come up with, any small thing will become an enormous obstacle. That's how it is in life. Right? If you don't feel like, if a, if a man doesn't feel like going to shul, so then, like it says, like Shomar said, about Shomar he was describing the lazy person. He, said that the, he says that the lazy person says that he can't go, he can't go to serve God, he can't go to shul or to the base medrash. Why? Because there's a lion on the street. You know the kind of roar? There's a line on the street. So what was Shalom Al saying? You're saying that a person who doesn't really who doesn't really want to do something, he doesn't really want to. So he'll make up such silly things that eventually he'll come to say something that's so absurd that there's a line walking around. That's why I can't get to shul because there's a line in the street. I've heard more ridiculous excuses than that myself. And I've, I'm sure I've made up some myself like that. You know, when you hear, when you, if, you, if a person's a teacher and, you, and, you, and, you, and you're giving a test and the kid doesn't do well on the test, or if you, if you assigned homework and uh, whatever, Maisha, Chayil, or whatever, they, 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 the kind of original and creative ideas that they come up with of why they couldn't get their homework done, right? And you see people, you have a, you have a person that, that he disappears, doesn't come to Davin in the Minion for two, three weeks. Because of this, because of this, because of that. 
But if someone would tell him at three o'clock in the morning, if you meet uh, Mr. Smith on the on the corner of uh, Fifth Avenue in this street, because you could make the, uh, a million dollar deal, he'll be a half hour early. He'll be waiting there. He'll be waiting there, all, all wide awake and excited and anxious, ready to go. So a person who doesn't want something, a person who doesn't understand why am I doing it. So any little obstacle that's in the way stops him, which is a major problem, of course, in, in raising the children and in teaching the children. If the children don't really know why they're supposed to be Jewish, then they don't have much of a cheshit. Then what's driving them to shul? What's driving them to yeshiva? Like, why would they want to? They don't really know. They don't really know why they should be doing that. They don't have much of a cheshit, so it's very hard to keep somebody going. And then any little thing that gets in the way, you know, that's a little thing. And if it's a, if it's a, if it's a pretty girl or a good-looking guy, that's for sure going to get in the way. That's more powerful than any lion that's standing in the street. And that's how it is. That's what happens. A person will always find a way out if he doesn't really know why he should go for that. Or what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What am I doing? Then anything that comes, anything that gets in the way, will we'll say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't possibly dive, and I can't. Po- if, I'll have I'll have a, a woman that has that has one child that says I can't find the time to daven, and and then you have someone else that has twelve children that says Achai Mamish love davening. How's that possible? This one has one. Don't tell me that the one child is more difficult than the twelve. But the text says that if you really really want it, and you have a cheshik for it, then somehow the obstacles. I mean, sometimes things are impossible, but generally speaking. Then those then those excuses disappear because you don't want you don't want to, to have any excuse you don't want it to be an excuse you want to be able to do it tezai yesh pisgam yadua there is a, an expression that's very known a well known saying you'll recognize this in English maybe even in Hebrew shemirov eitzim shemirov eitzim lo roim esayar that's not a Jewish expression but it's a very very it's a very wise one. That because there are so many trees, you can't see the forest, right? There's so many trees. Shemirov ate similar roi masayar. Because there are so many trees, you can't see the forest. This is a major problem that Klai was going through. It's not new, but now more than ever. Vinay, he explains. Kol dover bebriya noad letzarach ruchnius. Ruchanius. Every single thing that's created in this world is designated for a spiritual purpose, for this purpose that we're talking about. Everything. Everything that exists. Shakal Baralachvoda. Everything was created to reveal God's glory. Everything. The Nishtamish Bepiskamazel Linyanenu. He says, therefore, if we have an expression that came to us like this from the Goyim, that's, that let's see how we could use it. This was also created to serve God. So how could we use this expression to understand ourselves and understand Torah? Meaning, meaning this expression that, because, that you can't see the forest because of the trees. To understand this Indian of how we should live and being attached to God. There are 613 mitzvahs from the Torah. The Ikaram Talmud Torah, and and the and the Ikar, meaning the greatest of all the mitzvahs is the study of Torah. the Talmud Torah as Chazal had said, Talmud Torah is balanced or weighs as everything else does in Yiddishkeit. All the mitzvahs. And we know that 613 is really a very very small number. These are only 613 basic 
laws from the Torah. But everybody knows, of course, that that all the details in Halacha, there are millions of details. There are Drabbanans, there are rabbinic laws. And in all the Torah laws and all the rabbinic laws, there are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of Halachas. Hundreds of thousands of dinim. And then there are minhagim customs in each community. V'yiduim divrei hazayar kodesh Sha'atayag mitzvahs heim tayag eaten. The Zohar teaches us that the 613 mitzvahs are 613 pieces of advice. Eaten. The Zohar calls the 613 mitzvahs 613 eaten, which means advice. 613 recommendations, pieces of advice. What does that mean? Tayag eitzis lo'adim. Eitzis l'shem ma. What are these eitzis? Eitzis for what? What kind of advice? For what purpose? What's the advice? Each mitzvah is an eitzah of how one can become attached to Hashem. Kleimer. Kol mohusam shal ha-mitzvahs. Heim enam inyan atzmi. He says, the mitzvah itself does not have its own independent purpose. It's not an Indian atzmi. It doesn't have its own independent objective. Ella mapa. All every mitzvah is like a map. Mara mokam maat, a a mara mokam, a an indicator, a way of what. Kate said yegi haadam ladvekas bekaina. Every mitzvah is an is is an instruction. Specific instruction of how to connect to God through this mitzvah. Im kein hamitzvah murkeves mishnei chalakim. The mitzvah therefore is composed. Every mitzvah really is, has two components. Mechelik hamasi shaba adibav chadaima. It has the practical part of the mitzvah, which means either a physical act, a physical act of the mitzvah putting a film, something like that, is a physical act. Or a mitzvah that depends upon speech, like davening and so on. V'naisaf al-kach, chilak ha-tach mitzvah. So there is the practical aspect of every mitzvah, of what you have to do or say. And then there is the chilak ha-tach mitzvah. What is the goal of the mitzvah? What's its, what, are we, what are we trying to accomplish with the mitzvah? She l'kar v'lodabek yisodam l'kainai. There's a beautiful tariff in the Svasemas and Parshas told us where, you know, during these Parshas, there's a lot of business about digging wells, right? Yitzhak Avinu seemed to be mostly doing that. was digging wells. And the whole Indian, the Shaduchma made by the wells, it's a very big Indian in Torah, but especially these Parshas, the Indian of digging wells. And there's a, there's a beautiful tariff in the Svasemas which, which would take a lot of time to explain, but the, the, the Nakuda there was that we know that all of the excavating that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov did, and we know that Avram excavated those wells, and then the Plishtim came, and the Plishtim were trying to fill, to stuff up these wells. And then Yitzhak came, and Nachamol, he tried to dig out the wells that his father had created. What's going on with all that stuff? What does all that mean? So, as the Ramban speaks about each well being the first base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash, and all the Svam tell us that it means that God is to be found beneath every single thing in this world. One has to dig beneath the surface to find God. 
the Ovis were digging those wells, and there was tremendous, tremendous problems and obstacles along the way. That's why it says that the one was Asik and Sitna fights and disputes with the Plishtim. Plishtim are always, Plishtim is that cough to cover up and to hide God from us, to hide the Tachlis from our lives, that we should get lost in the offer and the dirt, meaning in this world. And the others were constantly trying to remove the coverings, remove the dirt, and to get to the Pneumius, the purpose of existence, which is that attachment to God. So the Svas Emes, even there are many Chazals about that, that's not for now. But the Svas Emes says, so what do we have? I never met a Jew in my life that's like digging for wells and stuff like that. So what, what, is, what are we doing? The obvious made, it was such a big thing to dig, which means to clear away the physical world to find God who's behind, underneath every stone, every, every blade of grass, there's God. So what do we do now? So the Svasemis says, mitzvahs. That's what a mitzvah is. Every mitzvah. Where our obvious were digging and, and were excavating and revealing the light of God beneath the surface of reality. How do we do that? How do we accomplish that? So the Barshalom gave us 613 pieces of advice. And then thousands and hundreds of thousands of halachas. And every single moment of life, we have the schus through Torah to constantly excavate through the schmutz, through the dirt, through the covering, through the concealment to get to God. And to get to that attachment to God. That's what the digging means. Except we don't do it with shovels. We do it with, with, with mitzvahs. By by positive mitzvahs and by avoiding those things that would create m- more dirt and would cover up God's presence more and more. We avoid that and we do the mitzvahs with all the details of halacha. Every single detail in halacha is, is, is digging through that, through that covering. And that's what he's explaining. That's the tachlis of every mitzvah. Nimtzim came, but this means shemitzad achelek amaisi shalom mitzvahs from the practical perspective of what we actually do with the mitzvahs, hey, Robin, there's a lot of stuff. There are a lot of mitzvahs. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of things in halacha as far as what we actually have to do. How we do in this way, you know, the right hand and your left hand and this and that. There are thousands of things to do. That's as far as the practical aspect of the mitzvahs. V'zeha eitzim harabim shal hayar. And that is like the many, many trees that are in the forest. And what's interesting he points out, and is discussed in the Swarm, is that the word eitz, which means a tree, and the word eitza, which means advice. It's one word, right? Eitz, a tree, and eitza. Sherech they come from one root. And this is a very deep Indian, we're not going to go into it. Ulam, however, he says, Mitzad Pnimis Advarim, as far as the inner objective and goal it's right? The goal. Kol All of the mitzvahs have one destination, one address, one tachlis. Kivas Hashem, Udvekis Bashem. Closeness and attachment to God. Now, what he's going to explain is we, what's happened to us is that because there are so many trees, we get oftentimes we become lost in the trees, and we we begin to look at the mitzvahs as having some independent, separate purpose. And they no longer are seen as eitzes, to get to the forest. And we just get fablanted in the trees. So, I, I once mentioned in shul, there's a friend of mine, a very, very, like, from guy, we were together in Yushalayim. 
And he was going on Rosh Hashanah, he t- at the end of Yontif, he told me that he was able to hear the shofar blowing in eight different places. Which I couldn't figure out just physically, how do you do that? Why? I said, what do you, what, what do you have to hear eight places? Eight sh-? He said he wanted to hear one, because there's a whole, there are different, there are different ways of how to blow the shofar in halacha. There are thousands and thousands of things written about nuances in blowing the shofar. So he wanted to make sure to cover, to have himself covered. So he wanted to hear the, how the Yemenites blow the shofar. So he had to find the Yemenite shul. And he had to hear, then he had to hear by the chassidim. And among the chassidim, there are different ways too. And then by, in, in certain yeshivas, he wanted to keep himself covered. So I said to him, he, said, he told this to me after, after the Yontav, he heard eight different kishayvahs, that you know, Baruch Hashem was Makan the Mitzvah. I said, tell me something, did you have a chance once to think about God the whole day? Were you running to eight different shuls around the whole Yishlam like in Michigan? Did you have a chance to think that there's a God in the world? Did you have a chance for HaMelech? When did you even think about HaMelech? You, you, you're so uh, obsessed with, with uh, and you think that God forbid that, that, that a Jew's not Yitzhah the Mitzvah when he keeps it the way that his father and grandfather kept the Mitzvah, that you're not Yitzhah, you have to go running around, you want to hear how, how a Yemenite blows the Shaifah? It's very charming, but what does that have to do with, with Rosh Hashanah? So what happens is that a person oftentimes uh, this at least is a sincere guy. <clears throat> Oftentimes, a person forgets the tachlis and he just gets lost in the he gets lost in the pratim in the details. It happens in schools when the kids are mamish having tzaros from the sinyan, a lot of tzaros from the sinyan, where a kid could go through the entire yeshiva system and nobody ever once discussed with him the forest, just the trees. He never heard one word about the forest, not a word. All they ever talk about is other trees. A person can go to a shul for 20, 30, 40 years and all he ever hears is stuff about, about the trees. About the trees. There's a friend of mine who, who, who somebody, one of the chavayim, that he had to be at some simcha this past Shabbos. And of course the rabbi there was dashing for an hour about Arafat. So this friend told me, it's very, it was very hard to on Shabbos to listen to this stuff. And he just wanted to stand up and this, it was a shul like a thousand people, you know, that everything is like shining, you know. The floors are like very neat, everything's nice. And he wanted to just scream out. He, this this said, I just wanted to scream out. We all, Rabbi, we all agree we hate Arafat. <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about the Rabbi Shalom? Everybody agrees. We hate Arafat. We don't want to give back our assault to the Arabs. Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about the Rabbi Shalom? <clears throat> I told you, I think I, I told you that I mentioned, I don't know if it was here, it was in shul, that my wife read a funny thing, that like back in the, like back in the 50s, there was a, there was a fellow that, was, that, was, that came from, from Europe, and he was trying out to be a, trying out to be a, a probably, you know, tested to be a rabbi in a shul, and, uh, and they accepted him. So they asked him, Rabbi, what are you going to talk about the first Shabbos? What do you want to talk about? So he said, Oh, I thought I would talk about uh, Shmir Shabbos, keeping Shabbos. He said, no, no, don't do that. Don't talk about Shabbos. Don't talk about that. No, no, everybody's driving and don't talk about it. Okay, so what do you... So I, I thought about Kashrus. Kashrus, everybody has Chazer in the house and Trace. Don't talk about Kashrus. Talk about Taras and Mishpacha. Taras and Mishpacha. There's no one that's been to Nikvi in his life, in her life. Don't talk about that. So the rabbi says, so what do you want me to talk about? So they said, talk about Yiddishkeit. <laughs> talk, about, talk about Judaism. So talk about the, the, when, when everything comes around full circle. So what's happened nowadays, it's, a, it's, it's an ironic thing. That's the way it was in America, it really was like that. It's a joke, but it was like that in the 50s. But now it's come full circle. So now you have Jews, or Orthodox Jews, and all they'll talk about is 
Kashrus, Taras and Ishbach and Shabbos, which is Gewaldig, it's beautiful stuff, and all the halachas, but they'll never talk about Judaism. Now, how could that be? Isn't Kashrus Jewish? Isn't Mikva Jewish? Everything's Jewish. You understand? They're not talking about the forest. We're not talking about the tachlis of why are we doing all of this. And that's why there's so much unhappiness among front people. And that's why the kids are looking for something else. If the kid never heard about the objective, why am I Jewish? <coughs> so what's the tachlis? And, and there, are, there are things out there that talk like about all these beautiful things. And, you know, songs, he hears music, he, he reads poetry, he's a little bit of a sensitive soul. He never heard anything about that in Yiddishkeit. He never saw any sensitivity or gentleness. He never heard anything poetic. Nobody ever read him from Avkulka, from Yehuda Levi or... or you know, he doesn't know about that part of Yiddishkeit because if you ever brought that safe into the yeshiva, they throw him in. So he doesn't know about it. So he doesn't know the tachlis, he doesn't see the forest, he only hears about the trees. The trees can get you down. Even though we, 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 we keep everything, of course. That's what he explains. So he says, look, Nisbainen Yudzain. Nisbainen Venitein Dugma Mitzvah So let me give you an example of one mitzvah. So he says, Vihi Atifas Adam the Mitzvah for a man to wrap himself in a talus. Adam Kamba Biker, a man gets up in the morning, he goes to Shul, he puts on his talus. That's terrific, because right now, when he puts on his talus, he's fulfilling a Mitzvah from the Torah. What is he thinking about when he's putting on the talus? The average, we're not talking about a big tzaddik, a regular guy. What's he thinking about in the morning when he's putting on his talus? Really, he says, the, the, the first question should be not, what is he thinking? Is he at all? Is he thinking at all? Is he thinking at all? Maybe he's just doing like a robot. Maybe he's not thinking of anything. And as the guy stands and he's about to put it on, he asks him, what are you thinking about right now? He might, he might say, I'm not thinking about anything. What's there to think about? This doesn't mean that he doesn't have it in mind. He knows that he's putting on a towel. It's not much he has in mind. But if you ask him, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about something? Most people would say no. Okay, so let's talk about a person, let's assume we're talking about a person that is thinking about something. A person is thinking. Now, that we have a person who's thinking. Let's now ask the, the next question. What is he thinking about when he's putting on his towels? If he's thinking in the right way, then we would expect that his thought would be along the lines of what we're going to see in a second. There's a halacha that tells us that all of the mitzvahs, that from the Torah, that when you're doing mitzvahs, you must have in mind that you're doing the mitzvah. The Torah, according to halacha, there's a, big, there's a major dis- debate among the Rishonim and Achronim, and it goes back to the Gemara. The conclusion in Shulchan Aruch is, that mitzvahs tzrichas kavana. That when we're dealing with a Torah level of mitzvahs, they require mitzvahs of the Torah require that a person has the minimum minimal intention that I want to do this in order to fulfill God's will. A minimal intention. Imkain al haadam lekavin shabati fosu betalus mekayim mitzvah say deris. That means minimally lekol apachas 
This guy, this is a thinking person, and he's thinking. When he's putting on his tiles, he should be thinking, at least, I have in mind to be Mekayim, the Mitzvah from the Torah. That's why, that's why, in many of the Siddurim, the Chassidim and the Svadim, put it, and now a lot of Ashkenaz Siddurim also have, that a person should say before, Hinnani Mekayim, Hinnani Muzumukhan, Muzumukhan, that a person says, I am now preparing to be Mekayim, this Mitzvah. But now these people just say that half asleep too. But minimally, the person who's thinking would be thinking, I am now about to perform a mitzvah from the Torah of putting on a talus. Let's look at this a little bit more. We learned that it says in the Zoyer, that the 613 mitzvahs are 613 pieces of advice of how to draw closer to God. Therefore, since a person puts on a talus every single day of his life, a man puts on a talus. Even Tishba, he puts on in the afternoon. Every day of his life, a person puts on a talus. Shavur, Shavur, day after day, week after week, is that Shonim Rabbos? He's doing it for many years, putting on a talus. In Cain, Madu'a ain't hum margish as kirvas Hashem. How come he does not feel after years and years of putting on a talus, if every mitzvah is, is for the purpose of bringing you closer to God, talus is one of them, how come after years and years of putting on a talus, it doesn't make him when he's putting it on feel the slightest tremor of closeness to God? That should have been born within him, that should be inside of him. He's so many years putting on a talus. It should have, if, if it didn't happen the first time, you would think it would have the cumulative effect after years and years of putting on a talus, that it would cause him to feel closer to God. If every mitzvah, if the underlying purpose of all mitzvahs is closeness to Hashem, then you, would, then you would think that after years and years that the talus would have such an effect upon a person. I mean, a person's digging, digging, digging all his life and never found any water. It's a Rahmanis, no? What the Zohar says that every mitzvah is an eight to get close to God is absolute truth. Whether Rabbi Shemayachai said something, it wasn't. I think maybe it is, it could be. He was describing reality. Every mitzvah is an eight to, close, to be close to God. It's a way of getting close to God. It's mitzvahs, it's reality. Could you imagine if a person is eating, a person needs to gain, gain some weight, uh, or, or you have a, you're giving the baby to eat, and you see the baby is going through bottle after bottle, and every time you put the kid on the scale, garnish, the kid's not gaining any weight. Nothing's happening. It's, it would, it, it's a cash, you know? You would wonder. You see the bottle, the kid's drinking. You take the kid to the doctor, the doctor puts it on there, nothing's going on. He said, I'm telling you myself, the kid went through, went through, you know, a couple of gallons of formula today, gallons. And, and, and nothing is showing for all of that. I don't see any, not even an ounce that the child has gained. So that means, God forbid, something is wrong, Right? So he says, We're talking a guy that thinks. Minimally, he's thinking, I have in mind to, to fulfill this mitzvah of putting on a talus. And he's doing this for years. You would expect that what? La'at, la'at. That, all right, gradually, each, each day a little bit more, he would feel more closeness to God in his heart. That's what you would say. That's how, the, that's how this formula should work. 
Why is it that we that we see that very few people are that after years and years of putting on talis every single day of their lives that they feel that they they should feel any closeness at all to God? That should make them feel anything different about how they are in their relationship with Hashem. It must be shekiyum atifas atalis yeshlo tzur pnimis amitis that. The fulfillment of this mitzvah, and every mitzvah, but he's giving an example. The fulfillment of this mitzvah of putting on talents, it has in it an inner, deeper inner truth. Since we see that Lamaisa, most people are putting on a talus every day, it doesn't change their feelings for God. Dvekas Mukhash is when there's any tangible closeness that's been achieved or felt. Then Behekrach Shonat Srichim Livdaik Machasir Bitsuras Atifa Zushalatalis. Then we have to check what is wrong with this mitzvah that he's doing with the talis. The same way we would check, is there something wrong with the formula? Maybe the for, there's something wrong. Or is there something, God forbid, wrong with the child? There's something wrong. Because this can't be, this shouldn't happen. If the day after day, it's, it, this should not be happening. There should be more as a result of all of this, all of this uh, uh, formula of talis. Shahatachlis apnimis she kivas Hashem muchoshis lonet selas maasias hamitzvah etzal rab metayvim. Why is it that the ultimate tachlis of the mitzvah of talis, which is being closer to Hashem, is not happening with most people? That doesn't happen. Yudches novinas advar. Let's understand this. I gave just a, a, a simple example. Shalatifa's talus, of wearing a talus. It's just an example. We are observant Jews, therefore we are constantly learning Torah and we're being Mekai Mitzvahs and we're trying to keep the Mitzvahs. Many Mitzvahs, not just talus. What is it that is preventing us, that's, that's holding us back? What's preventing us as observant Jews who are keeping the mitzvahs, who are learning Torah, what is it that's, what's the nakuda that's holding us back from, from what? The tachlis of every mitzvah, which is closest to God. Oh, we're very good. We try to be very good when it comes to the trees. And we're hearing the shofar in eight places. And we're learning this, and we're explaining that, and we're talking about this, we're going into all these different things. But the inner tachlis of the mitzvahs, the, the underlying reason for mitzvahs, which is kirvas Hashem, which is closest to God, is missing for most people. We need to understand, to clarify this. We must learn. How is it possible for us, how can we accomplish this, to learn Torah and to observe mitzvahs, and through them to accomplish what they were, what they were given, the reason they were given to us, which is closeness to Hashem, that we could feel, mamish, not just talk about, but feel. Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. So he's telling us why he named this Sefer, after that famous sentence, which is not from any Pasuk, it's actually from a sentence in, in, in the writings of the Sefer Haredim, from one of the Gedolim of Tzvas, from that time of the Ariya Kaddish. Bilvavi Mishkan Evne. In my heart, I will construct, I will build a Mishkan, a sanctuary to Hashem. 
Zeu tafkido shal kol Yehudi. This is the tafkid. This is the responsibility. This is the. This must be the objective of every Jew. Shamitzvus yaviu also lematzav shakadosh baruch hu yeslo belayv to build through mitzvahs and through learning to build in one's heart a sanctuary of God's presence to feel in a very tangible way closeness to the Creator. Shakadosh baruch hu yishkan yeslo belayv that Hashem's book should dwell in your heart. Vaadam yochus zayis mamish. And that a person, a person should mamish feel this. Not only is it not working in many situations, but what's what's remarkable is that our parents or grandparents, I'm saying that we're observant of mitzvahs, not everybody comes from maybe a background, but where they were observant of mitzvahs, they generally knew much less than we know. And, we're, and, and did not have, the women didn't have b'chlala, a yeshiva education, and the men usually were finished by the time they were 14 with going to any cheder yeshiva. And yet, as far as feeling close to Hashem, when you talk to the old-timers, they seem to be ahead of the young ones. As far as feeling closeness to God. It's easier for the old fella to get the shul than the young guy, who was in yeshiva for 20 years, and who could explain to you a million reasons why you have to daven. I could tell you all kinds of machlokis in between the Rambam and the Raivet, who holds like this by davening, like that by davening. And the, and the, alti, the old Jew doesn't know what, and he has a hergish to God, you know, he comes to shul. So there's something amazing. It's remarkable. It's, it's the greatest kasha, the greatest question of our generation. What's going on? Yutes. Apparently our ancestors knew about the forest, and they weren't as well informed necessarily about the trees. They did what they knew about the trees, and they did it out of simple faith. You know why they were able to do it out of simple faith? Because they believed, because they saw the forest, so, they, so therefore they were able to tolerate and bear and even enjoy the trees. Because they believed in the, they, they saw the bigger picture. And therefore they were able to, they were able to, not just able to, they, they lived with the trees as well. Even though they might not have understood everything. But if all you have are the trees, and you don't have the slightest idea of what the forest is about, then after all the trees begin to get you down. You can't take it anymore. That's what's happening. Yutes. Imkeng. We need to clarify now. We need to learn a new way that we should be able to learn Torah and to observe mitzvahs. And to, and to keep mitzvahs, not to neglect the trees. More careful with the trees, and more careful with the, with the, with the learning. More, more mitzvahs, more learning, as much as we can. But the yachadim zos. But together with that, that the learning and the, and the mitzvahs should accomplish the stated goals of what they were given to us for, which are becoming closer to God and feeling that closeness in our heart. Klaimer. We will seek a path in the course of the Sefer. How can a person draw closer to God? And how will it be possible for him that by doing all the things that he's always done, by all the things he's always done, the talith that he's always put on, but he never felt anything, and the Shabbos, and all the mitzvahs that he's never felt, how is it possible for all of that Everything will everything will become <coughs> filled with it with a pnimis with, with with what with with that pnimis the the tachlis 
the Yikarvu Oysel Kain Akivas Hashem Amitis that will bring him truthfully closer to Hashem. And everything is really included in the, in the teaching of the Mesils Hasharm. That sounds like funny Hebrew words, which the Mesils Hasharm discusses over there. But what it means for our purposes here is means that there are some things that we have to be very sensitive and realize that we must stop doing them. And there are other things that, with our sensitivities, we have to increase our connection to them. Ulam bitsura pnimis vamitis yaiser on a deeper, on a deeper and truer level. So now he says, "Nesakem imkain es advarim shenichtu Let's summarize where we're holding until now. Reishes hemad milshetachlis adam belamaz elias dog bebaris barchshmai. What we first established was that the tachlis of a person in this world is to be attached to God. What does that mean to be attached to God? It means to feel in tangible way Hashem's presence and Hashem's closeness in your heart. And we'll talk about that, he says, of course, in much greater detail as we go along. We asked how frequently, when should a person feel during the day close to God? The answer is Bakal Yom Vyam or Bakal Shah. Always. Khusman as much as Shakubatal Matarik Mashakazman Abishhaim, okay, I'm not talking about that. If a person's concentrating on his learning. So by the Khsidim, the there was also to take uh, uh, the Khsidim taught the students of Oshanta taught that when you're learning Torah and you get lost in all those intellectual constructs, there too you have to stop every now and then and to and to focus and to remember why you're learning Torah and to remember that there's a God, because you can get totally lost in all the ideas. But this is the objective, all the time. A person must feel. The same way that a person can't stop breathing. If he doesn't breathe, God forbid, he'll die. So is the avoid of a person. To feel always. That the air, the oxygen that gives me life is closeness to God. And without that, he's God forbid, like someone who Khalila is not alive. We also learned we were also discussing why is it that we spend so much time learning Torah and we spend so much time observing the mitzvahs how come they don't cause us to feel in our heart a simple feeling of closeness to God and attachment to Him? We ask the question, what is it that's missing in our Torah learning and in our observance of mitzvahs that we don't have in us, we don't feel in us this Kirvis Hashem? So let's just begin a little bit for five minutes. We need to talk more about what does it mean to be close to God. That's the big question. Who is God? Did anybody ever see Him? 
Mikra Molay made. Nobody ever saw him because it says Nebtarah. Kilo Yerani Ha'adam Vachai, even my Shrabbeinu. No person can see me and live. Nobody ever saw God. Afilo Akfadiz Baruch Shemo. Even, forget about to see God, but even to see His glory, to understand on that level. Shabikish Moish Rabbeinu Olav Shem Ha'areni Nas Kvedecha, or Moish Rabbeinu Yes, at least show me Kvedecha. You can see me from the back, but you can't see me from the front. Whatever that means, I'm not going into it now, but you can't see Hashem. Even my Shabbat. No human being is capable of seeing God's essence. Even a Malach can't. That's obvious. When we speak about man being close to God, closest to God is good. So let's ask the question. You have to ask the question. So then what? That's the topic of our lives. So what does it mean to be close to God? Who, what, where? How, what is the meaning of that concept? What does that mean to be close to God? Yidum Chazal. Chazalov taught that there is no place in the universe, there's nowhere that's, that's without God. There's no place that's empty of God. God is everywhere. If we would try to, to try to understand this on a simple physical level, what does it mean close to God? Just like the chair is right next to the table. Okay, so every one of us is close to God. Just like, if God is everywhere, you can't be far from Him. Because He's everywhere. Wherever you are, whether you're in Poughkeepsie, or you're, or, or you're, or you're in, in, in uh, Shanghai, wherever you are, the Creator of the world is there also. So if that's what it means, it means so that's no big deal. So we're always close to Him. So what's the whole thing? Your whole life you have to work to be close to God? We're close to God. Everybody's close to God. The second that a person is the second that a person is born, he's close to God. So what are we supposed to be working at our entire lives? You're always close to him. it's obvious, It's obvious to each and every one of us. Hashem. That this is not, of course, what closest to God means. When I sit next to the table, then I am close to the table. When I'm sitting on the chair, that I am close to the chair, I'm attached to the chair. This type of closeness, that is not what it means to be close to God. So it's good to end with a to end with this with this question. So what in fact what in fact does it mean to be close to God, which is the tachlis of our lives? We don't understand bechlal. Who is Hashem that we should be close to Him? How, is it, how are human beings like ourselves capable of feeling that closeness to Him and developing that feeling over the course of our lives through Torah mitzvahs and every single thing that we'll do? Mitzvah will continue.